definitely human. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 55. It's summer and I've come to Bristol to visit my cousin Juliet to learn all about beekeeping. Yes, I want to get into bees because of course I do. I have a terrible compulsion to make my life as complicated as possible. Luckily, Juliet has lots of beekeeping experience. She's been keeping bees for many years and she is here to answer all of my bee-related questions. Buzz, buzz. So what's this? So this is sedum and it's just coming into flower now. And can you see this little bee over here? This is quite a young one, very fluffy. Its thorax is very fluffy, so that's quite a young bee. And then we've got a slightly older one over there. And they're quite a dark honeybee. They're quite common around here, these dark ones. They're quite happy letting you get close to them. Yeah, they're not aggressive at all. I'm not doing any threat to them. I'm not taking their honey. And they don't like stinging you because when they sting, they die. Mm. So they only do it as a really last resort. They're not like wasps. They, they are quite gentle. Is it true you've got to be in a calm mood when you sort of... Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And the weather's got to be calm as well. I would never check the highs when it's thundery or... <laughs> What's your dog's name? This is Oki. Oki. So he is disturbing the bees. He's, yeah, he's been stung a few times. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're loving it. So sweet. They are quite sweet, aren't they? I have to waste a lot of time looking at the bees. Yeah, I bet. So you've got two hives, both of which you collected from swarms. Yep. Early, you want an early swarm, early in the season, with a nice young queen, and then you can hive them. Is that why it needs to be a young queen? A young queen lays more eggs, and it's often a young queen that's left, you know, another hive where they've come from and swarms, and she's brought her workers with her. Amazing. And you're part of the swarm team. What does that mean? That means that when people phone up in a panic and they've got thousands of bees, usually about, I don't know, 30 or 40,000 bees around their lamppost or on their gatepost or in a tree, they phone up and we go and collect them, collect them gently and take them away. And when they're swarming, they're very, very gentle. They don't normally sting at all. No, the local pub had one in the beer garden. It was quite close, so I went down with my wheelbarrow, got a skep, put them in the skep and walked up the road with them, much to the uh, amazement of most of the pub goers. <laughs> so what is a skep? A skep is um, a woven basket that's traditionally used to carry and catch bees in. It's quite light, really, because they're so heavy. You wouldn't believe how heavy a swarm of bees are. It makes sense why you say that they're very calm, because I've seen people sort of scoop the bees and put them into the hive, you know, because yeah, they're absolutely, not... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They're, they're so busy keeping together and they're full of the honey because they've often really gorged themselves before they leave their last nest. So they're full and they're docile, just looking for a place to live. This is your skep. This is my mess. Now, honestly, <laughs> Charlie, bees equals mess. Okay. 
this is my, oh, my smoker. <laughs> I've tried lots of things. I've tried not smoking and I smoke very little, mm. but then I don't open my hive if they're angry. Okay. And how do you know if they're angry? Because they roar. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. This one. I take it there are no bees in here. No, no, okay. no. No, no. <laughs> We're going in. So these are, because you have to feed them in the winter. Mm. This is a bee escape. You put these on here and the bees can only go one way. Oh, wow. Okay. What, you mean they can only go in, they can't come yeah. out? Or, yeah. So they can only go down. So if I want to clear each level, they go in and then they can't go back yeah. out again. So that clears each level. These are feeders. That's to catch the bee. So in winter, bee. sometimes you've got to top them up with nectar and... You have to heft the hive and see whether they've got anything. Okay. And if they haven't got any food, then you must feed them because they'll just starve. And a whole colony will just starve. So the thing is, is not to take too much honey off and let them have their own honey. But then make sure if you have a really hard winter, or even worse, when you have a mild winter, because they're out looking when they should be right. staying low and not eating. So you have to do um, fondant, which is like a sugar, or syrups. I check them regularly over winter, but I think last, oh. <laughs> last Christmas they were um, flying on Boxing Day and they shouldn't be flying on Boxing right. Day. There's nothing for them to eat on Boxing Day and so I fed them. Oh. But then if we have a proper winter, like we should have, they'll be absolutely fine. So what are these called? It's like These a... are frames. Frames, okay. Yeah, so that's the brood box. That's where the queen and lays then, her eggs. This is where yeah, you have all They'll the all be sla- slats yeah. there. And then you have, this is a queen excluder. So this is a mesh frame and it's only big enough for the worker bees to get through. So the queen can't come up here because she's slightly bigger. She will stay down below and lay all all her eggs below, but they will come up and fill these with honey, the top ones. So none of her eggs will be in this layer, just honey. Mm -hmm. And then they draw it out into these frames here like this. Oh, wow. So we've got the frames like this and Mm -hmm. you start off with just this wax. Actual beeswax? It's beeswax. When lots of the bees, the companies, you send your old wax in and they press it and you can get it back again or you can just buy it as sheets as beeswax. And this is wired. But if you were doing cut honey, cut comb, you wouldn't put the wires through it. But I use the wires because it's quite heavy and it makes it easier to manage. So it starts like that and then they draw it out into... Yeah, the traditional honeycomb you see. And then when they filled each one... They cover it over. Yeah, they cap it. I've they cap it. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's one this there. Yeah. Like, what's going on? You're <laughs> not allowed in here. Um, <laughs> but down below in the brood box, the queen would lay an egg in each one of those. But that's why we don't let her come up into the, mm-hmm. into the honey ones. Because otherwise you'd have eggs amongst your honey. That's right. You'd have eggs amongst your honey. So this here, you can spin it off. So what you do is you just use a sharp knife, a sharp hot knife, and cut either side off put in a spinner and with centrifugal force it spins it all to the edge mm. or if you wanted cut comb you could just cut combs and, and put it in trays depending what you like some people don't like the comb because it is quite waxy, waxy yeah. and the honey varies so much throughout the year do you ever test the honey to see what the con- you can test the sort of pollen contents can't you i'm often not that technical but i've got several jars i can show you of my different honey and oh, some are good and some aren't good but it does vary but luckily for the last two years we've had no rape oil to rape okay. why Be- luckily is that not nice it's not particularly good for the bees because it's only one plant it doesn't give them much variety and it's sex like concrete in the frames it's very difficult to extract but round here, there isn't a lot of forage for them. There's still a bee in yeah, there. <laughs> I'll get her out. Come on, you. 
There she goes. Out you go. <laughs> yes, but in the town bees do a lot better than country bees because they've got a lot more choice of flowers. People's gardens, you People mean? People's gardens. Oh. But luckily my neighbours have got the most amazing wildflower gardens, so they do fodder in those areas. Oh, that's fantastic. And do they know that it's your girls sort of on their yes, flowers they do. all the time? they do. Yeah. They come and tell me. When they're eating a particular thing, they come and tell me that they're <laughs> eating. Yeah, so look, you see, the girls are already attracted to the honey. Yes, so what? Come on, girls. They can <laughs> smell it. <laughs> come on. <laughs> so sweet i'm gonna to have to put this away if you're gonna be naughty like this so these are so when you buy the frames they come like this flat mm. like this and then you make them up and then you slide your new bit of wax in i tend to use a new bit of wax for most seasons but put a couple of the drawn frames in the middle because it encourages them to use them i can't go over just the perfect hexagonal i know they're so clever aren't they Mm. they are so clever and so when do you use the smoker like what is that for okay when you open the hive of course they're going to be alarmed because you've gone into their thing so you go as quiet as you can don't knock anything open it really gently but before you open it you just push a few puffs of smoke by the entrance and it just makes them alert and they often then go and gorge on honey and it makes them less aggressive some people don't smoke at all some people smoke a lot I always had the smoker by me because I think for a safety thing you need to have it there but sometimes I don't need it and sometimes I do so it just depends on what mood they're in um, if they start all bombing around my head and they're getting really you know you can hear them bombing against your visor then you definitely need to smoke them oh my god <laughs> bombing against your visor that sounds yeah I know yeah they can be quite angry if you open up the hive they definitely let you know that they don't want you to be there you can get different nature bees these guys are quite good natured but you can get some that are followers and when you leave the hive they all follow you and they're all on their backs and we try to breed those out if you get followers because right. they can be a bit of a nuisance because well, yeah, what do you do when you want to take your bee suit off and they're you have all to go stand somewhere dark and just wait for them to go or get someone to help you brush them off before you come into the house what's he up to <laughs> it's because it's ball in a pond <laughs> have you put your ball in a pond <laughs> you're a madman aren't you okie <laughs> So where did you learn to, like, did you do a beekeeping course? Yeah, I did. The local beekeeping group's fantastic, and they did a six-week beekeeping course. They did a skep-making course as well, and they've got an out apiary in the village, and they uh, help you look after your bees for a year. And then after that year, you take your bees back. So every Sunday morning, experienced beekeepers go around and teach all the novices how to look at their hives and check them. There is quite a lot to it. You think it's quite easy, but there's quite a lot to it. Yeah, I always thought the idea of having beehives was just, you know, that's just the countryside, isn't it? And I just love the idea of having some hives and um, keeping bees and sort of giving them, you know, things to eat and seeing them around just like you've got here. And then mum said, oh, I've always fancied keeping bees. And so, yeah, I thought, why not? You know, it could be a fun thing. But I think I might be a bit like you where I'm not super in the hive all the time. I'm just letting them get on with it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't take a lot of honey and I don't do it commercially. It purely is just a hobby. And that's why I've only got a few hives. But I consider myself a bad beekeeper because I don't clip my queen's wings either. Some people mark them with a dot so they know which year they are. And then they clip one with the wings so that they can't fly away. But I always feel if, if they go, they go. But by giving them plenty of room, by putting more and more supers on top, then they're less likely to go. Mm. 
but you still have to look after them. You have to make sure that they um, have got food and, and that they're not going to be knocked over by things like badgers and deer and cows and things. Do you have problems with that here in Bristol? Badgers? Badgers we have problems with. And in the winter, I always put a strap around them and a block on the top so they don't get blown over or knocked over by anything. There's a lot of bees around us now, aren't there? <laughs> no, I know. I'm feeling... I'm gonna, I'm they know we're talking this, about I them. I know. I'm going to put this back in the shed because they're saying, shall we move in here? Yeah. Come on, you. Out you go, girl. This is a little box here, um, which if you had a swarm, you could just keep them in this and build it up and then take it to someone else or put it in a proper So hive. why don't you want to just stick them in a massive hive right away? Because they don't like it. They, right. they want to be a little bit more contained. And we've got boards here that can make it a bit smaller. Once they've settled and they were multiplying and we knew the queen was in there, you could then put this into a proper hive. Okay. You have to be very careful about bee gaps because they like sticking everything down with something called propolis, which is like yes. their glue, and it gets absolutely everywhere. And if you leave the gap wrong, then they just stick everything together, <laughs> and it's just a huge sticky mess, and it's very difficult to get out. Well, that's good advice. Yeah, it's sort of like an orangey colour, and that's why we have hive tools, because they'll stick the lids down. You need to yes, you've got a open. knife, and you can yeah, open Yeah, exactly, yeah. They do like sticking it all down, um, which is quite good, really, because it stops all their drafty guts. And it stops the wasps and everything coming in, because the wasps are terrible. They will try and get in everywhere. Are you having problems with wasps at the moment? I am at the moment. So I reduce their little entrance, so they haven't got to guard very much. And the wasps are really bad at this time of year, and they will go in and rob all the honey. They could just take it all, yeah. But in the entrance, you've got all the little guard beads which are trying to stop them coming in. But I've been watching them this week and the wasp will come down and take one of the guard bees. Yeah, I know, it's just sad. But there's very little you can do because we have apples. You know, it encourages the wasps. And wasps are good in other ways, but they're not good for the bees. But uh, I think at least the wasps are eating the apples and perhaps they're not going for the honey. So um, this is so fascinating. What advice would you give me? I would definitely do a course okay. and I would definitely go and open up a hive with another beekeeper before you did it, just so that you can know that you can cope with that many insects around you. Okay, that's a good, good tip. If you start panicking and flapping, then you will get stung. But if there's a beekeeping club that will let you go and do a day with them, that's a really good thing to do because then you can put your hood on and open up a hive and have a look and see because it is, it is alarming to begin with, but you get very used to it. Okay. And you get very used to your own bees. So when you know your own bees, it's much easier because you can tell whether they're in a good mood or a bad mood. That's great. Have you ever been stung? Oh, lots of times. Oh, really? Oh, you can't be a beekeeper without being stung. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you do get stung. I I, I sometimes get stung in funny places when you forget they might be under your arm and you lift something and then they think you're squashing them and then they you know, they don't mean to sting you. Um, well, some of them do. Some of them come over and just sting you and you think, well, what was that for? <laughs> <Me>? <laughs> yeah, but I do keep an antihistamine cream and antihistamine tablets in my box to use, but I, I don't seem to have any reaction. It just gets a bit sore and it's ow and then it, it goes. It's, it's not too bad. My dear, the kids used to say I love the girlies more than I love me. <laughs> yes, let's look at some honey. Now you say I've got good honey and I got bad honey, but it's just all honey. Now when I started, I had nice little labels and proper jars. Yeah. But as the years go on, I just have anything that anything that can do it. Right, that's a bad honey. It's too watery. 
Okay. And it's got a lot of honey underneath. I mean, we'd still eat it. But... So it's really, it's completely separated. There's sort of a third of it is white and then the rest of it yeah. is very light yellow honey. So this what is, is the, the white stuff? This wax. is wax, yeah. I mean, you could stir it all in mm. and you can warm it gently to get rid of the crystals and stuff. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. This one's got a high water contact too, and it's crystallized, which is a natural process, but it doesn't look quite so nice. I would probably either let it go solid completely, and then you have like a firm honey, or I would pop it in a hot water bath and let it go back to clear honey. And then these are probably quite good honeys, but can you see that everything, they're all so different. Yes. So different. And good beekeepers can tell what flowers they've been on. Wow. To about what what honey it is. And they'll say, oh, that's an ivy honey or that's a rape honey. But I I don't know. Absolutely beautiful. But can you see it's not crystal clear because I don't ultra filter it. Right. Um, So these are little pollen bits in it. That's nicer, isn't it? It's supposed to be quite good for you. Well, I think it's quite good. And my husband gets terrible hay fever. So we, I mean, I don't know whether it does, but he, he eats honey every day to try and help with that. And he I've honey. read that that helps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, when you filter it out, you can have different size cloths and meshes to go finer and finer. And I suppose the more refined honey is much clearer and has a lot less debris. And, but often you'll find a lump of pollen or something in there, which is fine by us. Can you see lumps of pollen at the bottom of that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. I love that you eat honey every day. <laughs> so how many pots do you get every year? That varies a lot, Oh, really. does it? Because it depends what I decide to take off. I don't know. I'll probably take, oh, over the season, probably about 20, 20, 30 jars off over the season. So not a lot. Lots of beekeepers take a lot more than that. That sounds like a lot to me. 20 or 30 jars. <laughs> yeah. It's a very messy business. when you spinning. The whole, whole beekeeping is very, very messy. Because you get the frames, you spin it, and then you have all the mess in the spinner. And then you filter it and you've got all the mess of the filters and then it drips everywhere and then you jar it and it's a mess in the jar. So really it is a very messy business. And I often feel sick by the end of my spinning because I've just licked my fingers and eaten so much honey. I only do one spinning. I usually save the frames and spin them all in one go. So I have one lot of mess. But um, lots of the clubs, you can hire uh, or borrow the spinners from the clubs so you don't have to use your own spinners. Oh, that's good. It is good. And sometimes you can do it in, like in village halls and you have a mass mess together <laughs> and then a mass clean-up. So. Oh, that sounds fun. Uh, but so you must keep your windows closed because otherwise they'll all be in. <laughs> all 40,000 of them. <laughs> So I'm back on the farm, just giving the girls their breakfast. I obviously call my chickens my girls, just as Juliet called her bees her girls. Um, It was so nice to go up and visit Juliet and see her bees and just learn all about beekeeping. Like She's just so in love with her bees. And I think, yeah, she has this great relationship with them. And it's made me realise, yeah, there's quite a lot to learn. And I definitely should do a beekeeping course and not just, you know, stride straight into something like I've done with previous things, like the vineyard, for instance. When it comes to animals or insects, I think you definitely need to learn everything because there are lives at stake. There's been a bit of upheaval at the moment. My chickens are protesting because I just got 10 new chooks up in the barn um, and my oldies aren't very happy about that. But they'll all learn to love each other in time. So the farm has been way busier than I was anticipating, so I'll be taking a bit of a break from podcasting. If you've just started listening to the podcast and this is your first episode, you have 54 episodes to catch up on um, and you can really follow my journey, I guess, from London to now, to this point where I'm a farm manager of a big farm in Devon. But I will be back with special episodes if anything happens, you know, beavers, for instance, and 
tuned. I'll be regularly posting on social media lots of videos and photos, including an actual genuine picture of a dog. Yes, it's finally happened, people. Dog spiracy is over. New listeners will have no idea what I'm talking about. Yes, this is what listeners want. Incoherent screaming about random nonsense. Back to Earth will return. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast, on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod, and on TikTok at Back to Earth Charlie. Music is by John Day. Artwork is by Eric Chow. And this episode was edited by David Knight. Thank you, guys. And thank you for listening. If you want to support Back to Earth, you can rate, review, review. If you want to support Back to Earth, you can rate, review, Why? <laughs> what is wrong with my mouth? If you want to support Back to Earth, you can rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Back to Earth is a definitely human production. Okay, bye. Buzz, buzz. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.